You're listening to Nats in the Row versus the podcast, and we're here to be listening to Nats and Nats. wanted to be a man of my word and follow up with you now that perspectives is out in the world it's on the internet people can find it they can experience it um i'd i'd watched every episode within the first 24 hours that they came out and i re-watched it the whole thing i binged it i mean that's <laughs> that, that first of all that's amazing that you created a, <laughs> I don't want to call it a product because that kind of takes the art out of it. But the yeah. fact that you created a bingeable series during a pandemic and it was the first time that you ever put on your filmmaking hat is incredible. <laughs> you know that, right? Uh, <laughs> I think so. I, I mean, I say it, I think it's incredible, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I just, <laughs> I just did this thing. I'm like, all right, what's next? I don't even think I had time to really, you know, you know what? I, you know, like you get to um, think back on the experience and how that's maybe made you during. I I got to really think about it because I was like so uh, like involved. Yeah. But now that I'm I'm done and the economy's now opened back up, I feel like. I don't even have time to, to to look back anymore. I have to do something else. I'm, what's next? I'm a working artist, so. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Is it incredible still? <laughs> I think it is incredible. I think, don't forget it, you know. Um, it's evergreen. Yeah. I think it's your responsibility. It'll die if you don't check the pulse every once in a while. It's like a plant. You know, you don't have to milk it and share it every day, but it's going to evolve like it's a it's like a tattoo yeah. in a way you know you you're going to wear it for the rest of your life and so i think after five years go by and you revisit it you're going to be like holy fuck holy fuck i can't <laughs> believe i made this it's it's going to be so cool I, but i know oh, you want to so. i know you look forward <laughs> and the only direction your life goes is forward and i definitely want to talk about the future and what might be on your horizon but just on perspectives, you know, what what were some of the highlights looking back? Um, the last episode was pure art. It reminded me. <laughs> I don't know. if Do you even watch movies? I've been meaning to ask you that. Did I say again? Do you even watch movies? Are you like a film person? Uh, no, not at all, actually. Yeah, I never really watch movies. I am actually a friend of mine, a neighbor of mine. He can't even believe that I haven't watched, like, I haven't never seen the movie Godfather, you mm -hmm. know, or Taxi Driver. I've never seen these movies in my life. Scarface, I've never seen it. So where did, where do you get your sense of visual language? Like in that last episode, it was just so artsy. Um, <laughs> and it was really different than the others. Like you were more handheld. You, there was different locations. You're following this guy around. Um, mm -hmm. where do you get that sense of style? Um, I'm not sure. I think by that time, by that point when I was, it's the last episode, I had already completed the previous episodes, right? So by that time I had developed the basic understanding of, of post production. And I, I think it was by that, it was by that point I was like, you know what? Let me be a little experimental here. And this is the last one. This is pretty much the last chance. I'm not going to go back and re-edit these ones. I don't have enough time. And I I just, I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And I made it completely black and white. Um, and I think also was it was the story. I I had to go along with that idea. The He's talking a lot about old New York and his brother and mm -hmm. these very upsetting things. And... Um, his was very personal. Stanley's the one, his, the one before, mm -hmm. um, was also very personal because he actually got COVID nineteen. But his energy was way different. But Amkar Otis, he his was, it was mellow and pretty. Just it was pretty mellow along 
the way and the fact that he was talking about classic New York. He was having these memories. I really wanted to capture um, the dreaminess, the state, you know, and, and the old New York style. Um, so much has changed and having those memories is really important to people. And I think that black and white would have maybe made it less about the city and more about the story, you know? I think it's really cool that, see, I'm a film nerd, not that you have to be, but, no, you know, I grew up with Taxi Driver and The Godfather, and I know the cinematographers That's... of those movies and the directors. And so your last, the last episode of Perspectives reminded me of like early Martin Scorsese, who directed Taxi Driver, who would film oh, like wow. Boxcar Bertha, his first movie in like 68 or something in black and white. So it's just funny, like seeing you follow in those footsteps, but you don't, you don't even know. I did. There was a time, maybe a couple years ago, um, I ran into, well, not physically, but I ran into the content of Orson Welles. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't, I remember listening to his kind of, his, his banter, I suppose, when he was just, you know, screaming and I was watching some YouTube documentary on the guy. So I remember him being very experimental. And I think at the time of Amkar's, I had just a, a struck, I was struck again by this, this, you know, this idea or this, um, I recognize, I, I remembered watching this video mm -hmm. and I was like, you know what, let me just go for it. Let me just do it black and white. Let me make it classic. And I mean, I'm so happy that she even mentions Scorsese's name next to, next to my work. I'm just so, I'm so flattered. Um, I kind of don't even know. I sometimes I even wonder, was it good? <laughs> like, was any of this really just like, wow, this is good? Yeah. And that's so when you say names like that, it really does. For, it for resonates. Me, and it, for me, the good. art that I fuck with and the filmmakers and artists that I like to steal from are the ones <laughs> who, who give no fucks. The ones who are just confident and secure in their style and are just being themselves on purpose, unapologetically. And yeah. so is it good? The fact that you can pull that off... You know how much training and work and and street smarts and the school I had to go to of hard knocks and all this shit to just call myself mediocre and then someone like you just shows up and what's great is like in a way obviously you've you've lived such a and you still do live such a rich life <laughs> but all this training that I've done someone can come in and it's all about what you can't learn and I'm learning in my life that I have a lot of stuff to unlearn. And so your mm. stuff is showing me that like, it's just going back to a place that's just more pure and sure of itself and confident. That's what makes it fucking good. Let alone the material, like what, what your subjects are saying and capturing this Polaroid in New York at this time is one of the most important things that you can do Veto. Like mm. never forget, during the pandemic, you were in New York City, the city of cities on yes. Earth, man. Like, what a ticket. Yes. Like, that's fucking amazing. Um, I want to ask, are we going to be seeing more movies or more cinema from you in the future? Or are you kind of like been there, done that with film? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I have definitely just now is just talking to um, some of my team members here now. and Oh, how I, do you get a team? Like, I want know, a team. <laughs> you, no, I just what got the an fuck assistant. you have a team i, I, <laughs> I want a team <laughs> i want friends god damn no no and she's wonderful and, and she's she's young so she understands you know the younger crowd she knows about you know social media and so she's doing the marketing and things for me now but um i was just discussing and now that i don't have to worry about certain things like marketing and self-promotion i can actually worry about my art right so my mind is buzzing with all these different these options. I have so many different options going on right now. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I don't know if anyone follows me, but if you follow me on Instagram, like I, I'm making sculptures again. I'm working with wire. I'm doing digital. I'm updating my my website right now. So um, yeah, there's a lot going on. But I as for film, I have just recently mentioned. About something, and this is—I don't know if I told you. There's some like tea. I have to tell you. There's some drama. Yeah, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. And and this is the and this is for my next idea. So let me build it up. So, whenever Stanley's episode six came out, 
Um, and if anyone hasn't seen it, go watch it. It's such a it's a moving episode. It's very touching. The guy Stanley, he's a chef. He's um, Dominican, you know, and he went on vacation at the beginning of March. He came back and he got diagnosed with coronavirus. And his story is, is very powerful. Um, he mentions his daughter quickly, very quickly. Um, it was during the riots too. Like guys, like some of this footage you won't see anywhere else. I went to the streets during the riots and I was recording and it was intense. There was a there's fire in the middle of the streets. There's police officers just scaling the roads. It was it was wild. Um, and I was out there and the next day Stanley and I had our uh, appointment to to record this documentary and I had all this footage. We drove through Tribeca, just oh my the buildings torn down there's like traffic cars just burnt to a crisp it was nuts um graffiti everywhere it's nuts guys go check it out but you'll see a split second he talks about his daughter saying you know you know when she's older it's it's, it's not going to be like this anymore we're going to make it right right um a confident father and you know <laughs> the next like the next morning i launched at midnight but that morning i get a very <laughs> A very kind of, you know, abrasive message, DM actually from the baby's mother. And she just went off. I, you didn't get my permission, yada, yada, yada. Well, I'm a smart cookie. I got consent to use a minor. I got consent from the father. Uh, you know, I made sure, like, I asked his, you know, you good to go? He's with, you know, with custody and all that. And he said yes. And so I said, great. New York is a one consent state. So all I need is you know, just a written document, a signature and a date, and that's it. And we did that for 14 and under. That's, you know, the normal age. And I didn't even need to do all that, but I did it just to save my rear end, which is what I ended up having to do. This woman starts threatening me with a lawsuit. And she just, she, it just went, it was so dramatic. It was to the point where, oh my God, text message after text message or DM after DM over it oh, for all day, five o'clock in the morning you know, one o'clock in the afternoon is just brrr, all the way down. Jesus. She would even do like the one letter at a time. No photos. Oh, no clips of my daughter on YouTube. Just one letter at a time over and over and over again. Eventually, like she sounds super healthy. <laughs> Eventually. And it, you know, what's nuts. Like, <laughs> like if I need legal advice, like, it's not going to be hard for me to get it. Like, luckily in New York City, lawyers are a dime a dozen over here. Like, and you have so many friends out here, right? So, yeah. well, I at least I have a few friends, and they're lawyers. So I just made a phone call, got it resolved. And they said I'm fine. So I paid it no mind. And plus, I don't even have time to pay it any mind. So I ignored her. I did. I but I did her a solid, and I'm really upset about it. But something that. Um, I was kind of empathetic for a minute before she went nuts. She, uh, I, I blurted, I blurred out the baby's face or I blacked it out. I made it conceptual, but you know, I did her some justice, blacked out the baby's face and, or washed it out, whatever I had to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, I only used two clips and together, these two clips are less than three seconds of a, you know, eight minute video. And she went nuts. She started talking about me on Instagram. She went on live and was like saying my name and people were, were reporting me. And I got a notice saying that like, you know, I've been, there's like a heightened suspension suspicion on my, on my Instagram account. But later on they were like, Oh, there was nothing like you're good to go. And like the, the likes on my YouTube for just for that episode are terrible. The rest of them, 100%. Everyone likes them. Mm. That one episode, terrible. So I know she got her, you know, her friends or whoever. She got some, you know, poor savvy people to vote against my thing. But you know what? My view shot up. My view. Ooh, we. That one video, the first day, over. I was like, thanks, lady. <laughs> but I know it is ranted, but that goes into what I'm thinking about doing next. I'm actually. I want to highlight some of the single fathers that I know. And I want to know, I want, I want everybody that I can show to know what it's like for a single father to have to go through that system. I, I, 
you know a very a good friend of mine he's a single father and what he's told me about it was it's just been it's been so hard for him and we're human beings and all there's like a huge stigma about about fathers and then there's a huge stigma about single mothers and a lot of single mothers out here like like you know exhibit you know crazy baby mama mm-hmm. she she really honestly thought that because this baby was pulled from her that she has sole property over this child but that's not the case at all although it may seem like that in some 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 points but the father like i've said this before fathers are not second class citizens they are people and they deserve to be in that baby's life as much as possible and i know that can be difficult so i want to highlight that and that's actually something i i've been thinking about for a couple days um i finally said something today and now i'm saying something here maybe this is something i'll fall into maybe and i think it's important to to kind of highlight these things yeah definitely what's sad and it gets to me is when people weaponize their kids against Mm -hmm. their former spouse or baby daddy or whomever and yeah. and use their children as leverage it's super twisted and fucked up it sounds just from what i'm hearing that that mom maybe had more of a grudge to the dad than it than she yes. did the well-being of her child right like no one would yes. be that dramatic if she wasn't being petty it it was it was very petty and i don't want to go into it and i don't want to talk about her lifestyle i fully support everybody's lifestyle you do what you want to do uh you know but you know, she works at a at a place called Sugar Daddies, and you know, her lifestyle is her lifestyle, and I get that. But I understand also why she got upset, and it is because of her lifestyle. It attracts a certain quality of person. Not not all the time, but you know, it's and I don't want to be judgmental. Either. I got to be careful with my words. You know, it, it doesn't my repel. Con- my it doesn't content repel doesn't people. That's for yeah. Sure. My my content doesn't attract you know those kind of people that are that usually objectify women and children yeah you know that's all i'm trying to say and i I think that was it was absurd her reaction and it was honestly childish i did not I, i said listen i'm i don't care about your feelings i care about what's legal and i'm gonna find it was legal before i cater to what you want and she didn't like that answer but i'm sorry like this is you this is my art and I've worked hard on this and I'm not going to just buckle because you and the dad are having some issues. I don't even get into it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know you've said enough. You've said enough for sure. That kind of shit makes me sick, man. Yeah, like, it really upset me, you know, and it just happened a few days ago. So it's still, oh, it's still, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. That sucks. You know, it's funny. Like I, I talked to, and I don't want to name any names cause maybe they've been sure. on this podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know some people i'm gonna play the we pronoun edit, game we can edit this out right nah, I, don't, I don't do that no i'm just kidding um <laughs> i know some people who who really hate women and no, I, are yeah. like closeted misogynists and their yeah. trump card is always well yeah like when it comes to divorce like women eat men alive and when it comes to custody battles women get special treatment and if women want equality how's that equal when they get special treatment just for being a woman and i will say you know when these misogynists are telling me that and that's their that's their one card and how men are so um on how men are it's so disenfranchised and how history has treated men so unfairly what are your thoughts on that if someone were to were to tell you because i know i support this idea of like the single father thing um, I support it a lot. There's a great documentary. I think it's on Hulu or Netflix. You don't have to watch it, but it's called The Other F Word or something like that, where it's all these oh, old yeah. punk rock dads who are now parents. And it was it's just illuminating because you never see dads painted in a certain light. Like we revere the mother. Like in Catholicism, we literally raise the Virgin Mary as a as an icon or something. Like yeah. what, are, what are your thoughts on, and it sounds like you're, you're cooking with these ingredients right now. Like, what, do you, what are your thoughts on equality and this, and this specific um, side where women do get special treatment historically? What are your thoughts on that? Oof. I mean, it's a big question. It probably is going to take a lot. But 
I guess if I can do, release Do you feel like as an artist, you need, no pun intended, a perspective? Or do you just want to explore <laughs> that? I mean, uh, gosh, let me think. Because I, I guess my opinion, and I'm always open to new information and changing my mind. I change my mind more than anybody, more than my kids. But my, my opinion is life has sucked big dick for women historically <laughs> and still does, especially if you look at it globally, not just in our country. Mm. If men have to wear a big fat L, whether if it's divorce in the States or custody, eh, I kind of feel like, that's one concession. It's a big one. It impacts mm -hmm. men's wallets and their finances and their their kids. You know, um, I've heard that judges will demand from the dads, show me pictures of the food in your fridge. I need to make sure you're feeding your kids. Man, ain't nobody yeah. asking women that. Like, it's it's so absurd. It, it's not. You know what they do. You know what they do ask us though, right? What's that? What were you wearing? Of course. I know. So, I mean, it pulls. Well, I'm not saying like it's equal. Oh, wait, it's wait, not. Wait. It's not equal. It's honestly, um, we get pulled. Every person on this world get gets pulled on their own, like like on their own ways, on their own mm. stereotypes. All of us are going through it, man. Like men, yeah, men get stigmatized. So do women. I mean, I guess I've I guess men don't need a holiday. Is kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, neither do women, really. But at the same day, we all want to feel special. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, that's just societal. I, I honestly think that men and women are equal for the most part. I'm sure it's all equal to you. I mean, and no one can tell me different, but that's me. And I think that sometimes, and I'm not going to say all the time, and I'm going to get blasted for this, but I feel like women, not excluding men, but I'm speaking for women because I'm a woman. I got one of those. So we victimize ourselves sometimes. We sometimes we're a little too sensitive. Sometimes we're a little too, you know, we, oh, damsel in distress. Oh my God. And honestly, it's, it, that's, it, it's something that society has taught us that works for us. And therefore it's that, that ugly P word privilege, but like, but I know for a fact that men often have their privileges too. And I mean, for crying out loud, like, you don't even have to go through childbirth. Oh, you have to like, come on, man. Like we could die. But, you know, you just sit around and feel bad for us and maybe have some hunger pains because, you know, call them pregnancy pains or whatever they're called. But what I'm saying is, like, we're both, we both, men and women, or not to just be binary, but, you know, all genders go through their shit. And if we're going to sit here and cry about it or, or, like, victimize ourselves about it, that's not progress. Toughen up or move. Get out of that circle. You don't need to be there. It's your reaction. So, Yeah. What I think about equality, we're equal. We're equal. We're all equal. And it's, it's, it's until you find someone who doesn't believe that, that you're going to have problems. But surround yourself with people who think like that and, and build your communities there. It just, I'm not going to sit here and just cry about it. I'm going to shit, man. I've, been, I've literally been like bending down to pick up a tool in, in military uniform and getting my ass slapped. I've literally gone through that. You know, and I've literally had even this in the military too, um, higher ups telling me, I treat you better because I'm attracted to you. Like I, and I'm just like, wow, go fuck yourself. Like, don't, let me move away from this circle. I don't want to be around here. Or I speak up. I don't victimize myself. I don't say boo hoo for me. I got touched. Like, no, I, I figure it out. I move on. This world is shitty. We got 80 years. What am I going to do? Cry? Like I got things to do. I got work to do. Sorry. I hate that that happened to you. It's so shitty. I hear it all hey, the fucking time. I, I hear it yeah, all the dude. time. It Let me ask you, do, all the time. Do, all the all fucking the time. time. Do you feel like those pieces of shit that took advantage of their power and took advantage of you, are those one-offs, like isolated incidents, those are individuals, or do you feel like there's a system, or or men are fundamentally broken and fucked up? I think it's just the system, definitely the system. Um, I don't think that all men are fucked up, but I do believe that all human beings are pieces of shit. <laughs> we're we're not meant to be in societies. Like, you know, I don't think we're supposed to, not at least in this kind of society, where, where history has paved the way to our oppression, I suppose, throughout the years. Um, maybe, maybe all men are you know can kick rocks for all i care like 
Valerie Solanas would say in the Scum Manifesto. Dude, oh she... my God, I have I own that book. Are you kidding me? Really, I love it. It's, it's such a great. Okay, book. so it's such a great book. that's why I said, you know, like one of the first things on that, on like the first page is every man deep down knows that he's a piece of shit. Yeah. And yeah. I, I wrote this. Uh, it's my dream project. Sorry, I never get to talk about this because let's be honest, men, other men don't want to hear this. But uh, tell me, I, I, I have a dream project that's like I don't even want to go into it. I'm gonna geek out, but it's a <laughs> it's a series that has to do with 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 women. Ba- and it's a fantasy, you know. It's what it is. But um, with women declaring declaring a war on men but not doing it the male way, doing it a different way. And starting from one person to two to a hundred to, and it goes on. And I remember like trying to figure out this uh, antagonist character, like the quote unquote villain of the story. And I, I read everything on feminism and I find it like deeply fascinating. And I was like, this is all well and good, but no woman is saying like, men are shit like no one's really just saying that like quite frankly and then i discovered the scum manifesto and i was like it was this massive unlock for me and i was like Mm. whoa here it goes and that and there are some people i'm sorry i'm a huge nerd when it comes to this and no one ever wants to talk to me about this but um, no go on i'm i uh, (laughs) um there's an argument to be made that that manifesto is satire that is kind of a joke I don't read it like it's a joke. And as a man, as a as a as a man who's proud to be a man, a man who who um, is comfortable in his own skin sexually, because men have all this baggage sexually, just as much as women, if not if not even more so. Um, but as a man who's like proud to be a man, I'm a man, I didn't have a choice in it. It's whatever. I read this shit and I'm like, true, true, true true holy shit that's true and i i low-key agree with it even though it is the most vitriolic venomous hateful hate speech i've ever probably read oh my gosh and so much of it cuts me to the bone because i feel like this is you know if you look into it it's not feminism it's misinjury it's like misogyny but like hatred for men and I got fucking demons that I didn't ask for that aren't repercussions for some consequences or guilt of something I did or didn't do in the past. It's for being the person that I am. And I read this and I feel like, dude, deep down, I'm a piece of shit because there is a (laughs) reptile brain in me that can't, that I have to battle, that civilization tries to beat out of you and, and for just cause, you know? Um, yeah. and this, and, and so, I don't know, just you mentioning that I want to highlight that cause maybe I've never mentioned it on this podcast. Maybe I have, but it's something that's really personal to me. And I think everybody should read it. And I think men should read it cause yeah. they don't even know how deep down in my opinion, well, I don't believe in a deep down, but they don't even know that some women agree with this man and they know, and they fucking <laughs> know. And this thing was written 60 years ago. Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, I went on a rant. I'm a chill. No, that's fine. I, I totally respect uh, Valerie for this manifesto, and I I totally would not ever say that it's satire. Would you call you know Karl Marx? You know, no. you know what I'm saying. The Communist no. Manifesto, absolutely not. Yeah. And that's that's how that's the misogynist mind. That's a misogynist, and I hate to, to even do it that, but in the spirit of Valerie, that's a misogynist mind. You yeah. saying that I'm joking around? because because you don't take me seriously that's why and that's your problem that's not mine like she was she's dead on she's so, so she hated men in, in she, that she vein, shot andy warhol i know she, she was the real him. deal she was a real deal uh, to shoot him dead because in, he's a misogynistic prick that's why in that vein so you're mentioning single dads and shit yeah. for every good look I'm sorry, I don't know how this turned into that, but for every good-hearted, golly, G. Willikers, just good old dad who has a farm and raises, he's a single dad, and he's just, he's my dad. For every one of those, dude, that's one in a fucking million. You know how many bum, bitch-ass, good-for-nothing, 
loser, deadbeat dads there are that just walk around who can knock up a woman and walk away? Yeah. They get to walk away? That is yeah. the majority. That's the majority. Yeah. So in that vein, there's a, there's a, there's, I'm, I've read this a hundred times. Sorry. Um, Valerie says something like, you know, men are deep down inside, you know, they want to be women and that they start off with that chromosome, you know, they start off as women. This is nuts. It's, I'm telling you, it's hate speech. But at the same time, like, you know, every man is like a survived abortion is basically what she's saying. And that, you know, men deep down fear women because they can't give birth and everything they do is in direct reaction to, to wanting to create something. And that's why like, you know, men create art because we can't create life. Right. You know, yeah. You so know having said annoying. that, I'll tell you this. I've, I've knocked up a woman and we created a baby consensually and like it was planned and all that. I, at, on, on the same token, like I believe a woman has the right to reject my genes. A woman yeah. has the right to disconnect her, herself from a potential human. Like a woman has that and I have no say in that because I ain't doing that. I I I'm not there, and no man really wants to own that. A man doesn't want to own that. I can't tell you how many men I've met who, a woman has an abortion like at eight weeks, and he's just like, my daughter. She killed my daughter. Man, she, it wasn't a fucking daughter. What are you talking about, man? She didn't kill your daughter, dude. He gets a tattoo of her name. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, th there's some I, I there's some weirdos out there, but like. It is not the same. I believe it's not the same. And you mentioned Valerie, so I feel like, okay, cool. We're, we're talking at that frequency. Like, it's, yeah. it's, I like the it's, radical sense of feminism. I love radical philosophies just because you're, as a human being, as a logical human being, you're allowed to understand. I think that it's important that, you, that people read Valerie Solanas too because you need to understand that radical point of view so that you can make a better assessment that best fits your, your path or your process or the place where you want to go. So please read, please read it, read it, read it. And although you might disagree with it, you're allowed to have those opinions. And, and I trust that you will have those opinions, you know? And I, I, I've heard, oh my God, if you want to hear some, some real radical shit, I had the conversation, I, we finished with a, with a class. It was the last day of one of our, our college courses and me and the group of people that I became friends with in the class went to go get some drinks and the conversation went to abortion and one as it always men, does as it usually does it was like an astronomy course too it had nothing to do with health <laughs> but the conversation over drinks turned into abortion and the gentleman i'm gonna say very nice and respectful but the gentleman in the yellow shirt said some wild shit to me he said that if women have if, if you're gonna have pro-choice it needs to be pro-choice for men too. So if a woman gets pregnant and she wants an abortion and he doesn't want an abortion, she has to carry to full term, have the baby, and then give the baby. Well, here's the thing. So look, I think I, I think if a I think that guy has the right <laughs> to voice his two cents. Yeah. And if she wants to agree to that, then they can do that. Mazel tov. But yeah. should that be the way that it is for every woman, therefore no abortions? No, that's not realistic. That's I, not realistic. I just don't understand how a man can ask a woman to go through a you process where it's going to affect her body, her health, You her underestimate a, a male ego. Of course I don't that underestimate shit is it. is wild. It would be yeah, it would be nuts. But the thing he said that if the woman goes off and gets an abortion anyways without no. his consent, he can sue her and then she'd have to give him like compensation for it. This guy I just wants I'm, money and control. He doesn't value life. Yeah, you know, there, there's something that happens when, when when a woman's carrying a man's child, where I think historically anyways, the man doesn't view her as a human anymore. He views her nope. as like some sort of vessel. Yep. What about the what woman's life? That's, you, oh that's weird. I, I don't know. I, I I don't want to just like suck each other's dicks and like disagree on everything or whatever. But I, yeah, that's radical. I'll tell you that. It's it's pretty radical. And yeah, I, I totally, you're allowed to have your opinions. I don't know, man. And see, that's the reason why I just don't want kids. It's just, it gets messy. It gets sloppy. Just, I'm going to, I'm going to be an adopted mom and that's it. Like, I'm going to be good. <laughs> that's cool. No, I, that's... 
I get it, man. Uh, I would have yeah, never had see? kids if I didn't meet uh, Aiden, who was already seven years old. Like, he was already alive. He was already a human. Yeah. Like, I fell in love with a human. I would have never, like, I was one of those guys that I was like, I cannot bring a kid into this fucked up world. But I love yeah. this guy so much. I wanted to be his dad, like, as close as possible. And so we had mm-hmm. a baby to be, like, kind of related, even though we ain't related. And the cold, hard fact is if Claire were to pass away, he goes to his well, chill knives. He goes to his dad in Chicago. That ain't fucking fair, but that's what it is. Yeah. It ain't fair, it's, but that's what it is. That's what I signed up for. It's what I signed up for, man. You know, yeah. so I feel you. You got to be careful. You got to be careful for what you, you put your little name on that dotted line. You got to be careful now. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'd share that just to tell you that it is so powerful. Like the love you can have for another human who doesn't share your genome yeah you guys don't need to be related and you can still find a a little soulmate in those kids but uh it's just fucking wild man i really appreciate your perspective i think you should deeply um meditate on maybe that potential project i would sign up for it i'm there like i want to watch it i want to see it happen (laughs) i think you should still continue playing with film and cinema because you're really fucking natural and good at it. Um, Thank you. I mean, it's unfair. Like, I I hate this shit. You know, I work so hard. (laughs) I work so hard and put in so many, so many um, reps, you know, and then just, just a pure soul can come in and make something really, really dope. Like, fuck, (laughs) I'm doing something wrong, you know. Um, But you, you remind me of that. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. So whether if it's um, your sculpting or, or anything that you decide to do, I encourage it. I want to see more of it. You need to spread that feel good around. And that's why I wanted to follow up with you, you know, because you inspire me and you remind me that it's about the work. It's about the it's about the art at the end of the day. And sometimes I forget that because I can get stuck in social media world and be like, oh, shit, I didn't get the validation. I didn't get enough likes. I didn't get the dopamine from this thing. I suck. I put all my self-worth in those things sometimes. And it, it, it fucks me up. It does. This can be very distracting, and I was just—I was just telling, you know, I don't even want to say my assistant, my my team. I just want to say team because it's more collaborative. Chief of staff. She's great. <laughs> my staff. Chief of staff. Um, I guess yeah. that would work. But I was just telling, well, Leia here that she um, she's going to be taking over social media for me because I don't want—I don't want that at all. I want to see how we're doing. I don't want like—I don't want to see the likes. I just want to see overall how we're doing what content is working, what campaigns are working, so on and so forth. So I'm going to take this a lot more seriously now. And I do want to keep producing films. So as I'm producing work, uh, whether it be sculpture or art or commissionings or anything like that, uh, or collaborations with other artists, I'm going to keep filming it. I'm going to keep, you know, getting better at my editing, at timing, at scoring, and so on and so forth, audio engineering. I'm going to get better just by doing it um, and also at the same time <laughs> um, self-promotion and, you know, team promotion, bivetal promotion. And hopefully as I can stay multifaceted, I can keep my hands moving because I'm, I'm the happiest when I work. I'm, and you inspired me. I saw your, 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 uh, oh, should I change you know, mm-hmm. my logo or for the podcast. And I was like, let me switch up my, my stuff real quick because that's a good idea. Like, I feel after this project, I kind of feel different about my work. I feel different about my representation. So let mm-hmm. me re-represent myself. Yeah. You know, peek behind the curtain. This is just like the method behind my madness. Like, I hate these call to actions that are like, follow me here, subscribe to me here, like my page. Yeah. I hate that. Like, those are the... Yeah. Those are the... Um, I just hate spam like in general like it, it nothing makes my nothing turns me off more than that and when I put that out there it was really just to put my podcast into people's consciousness like I have no intention in updating anything but you have to find creative ways to remain top of like the funnel right like you need to remind people yeah. hey I'm doing this so like I'll I'll ask questions you know like, and you responded to one, I think. That's why I reached out again. Um, I was like, does any, anybody, like, want to go on my podcast, you know? That's just, <laughs> yeah. that's a form of content. Like, I, I feel agnostic behind everything. Me being like, should I update? 
should I update this? And people reached out to me, hey man, I'll make something from you. I'm like, cool, that's what I'm after. Like the collaboration. Mm-hmm. I'm, yes. I don't really, I don't look back at my stuff. I just see the macro um, body of work, you know? Um, the silhouette that I leave behind is the ultimate thing. But yeah, that's part of my process. I don't like asking people for stuff at yeah, all, at definitely. all, you know? Um, when, I, <laughs> when I drop a feature film sometime this year, it'll all come together and people will understand why the podcasts and everything works and people will remember, oh yeah, Nimes makes movies. What the fuck is all this podcast shit? Well, it's all, it's all promotion, but I don't look at it like promotion, you know, it's just a peek behind the curtain. Like I, it's interesting. Like we have to fight for real estate. I mean, you're in New York, so you fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little easier now. I feel like so many people have left. And that's another thing. There's a huge exodus. <laughs> I want to ask you, I want to ask you about New York City and, you know, you had said things are opening up. Like, is it quote unquote back to normal over there? Yeah, it's normal with masks. It's fine. It's wow. Fine. Wow. It's like, honestly, it, it, it's, it's different, but not different for me. I'm sure it's different for a lot of people. A lot of the club goers and the lounge goers and the bar goers. Like I was never really a I would go once in a while, but it was never about the bar scene. It was about being with my friends, being with good people, having good conversations, so on and so forth. So now it went from uh, being indoors and bars and clubs and stuff to being at outdoor functions and picnics and rooftops and backyards, if you have them, right? But mm-hmm. for the most part, it just it it moved to people you really want to see, and it, it's special now. I'm telling it's without the tourists, New York is beautiful. Come like in small numbers, like right now, mm-hmm. now's the time to come. There's no tourists. Times Square is just people really just hanging out, having a good time, just having a bud, <laughs> having a drink, hanging out. Wow. But it's lovely now. It's summer. It the it's about to change to fall. It's gorgeous outside. I don't spend enough time outside, but I just did some production upstate. Um with photo and film with a couple of wonderful artists so you know it just were those some of the pictures you posted on instagram yes those are beautiful dude thank you so much they looked amazing i'm curious i want to ask you this before i let you go because i'm always about trying to get like secrets um trying to find these gems i pick them up along the way and try to implement them in in my own life because i'm on my own journey filmmaking Mm -hmm. and all that um i want to ask you like what does your day-to-day look like like what time do you go to bed when you wake up you know what do you eat how do you what do you put in your body like where do you get your energy from you say you don't go outside enough obviously you can implement more (laughs) of that into your day do you put a time time to answer emails or to have a meeting with your crew your chief of staff do you you know um I just I'm very curious because you're such an artistic person, but you actually get shit done. How do you pull that <laughs> off? Wow, what a great question! Cause cause I don't even know. I'm not organized. I don't keep a planner. I don't have a. I mean, I kind of have a calendar, and when people put something on it, I just remember it. And I I don't ever look at really anything, but it's good that it's there. Um, I. I don't know. It's just Jeez. every single I hate day. you, man. I, I know. I know. Like I'm in like an anomaly. I'm telling you. I wake oh. up in the morning. I wake up when I feel like it. <laughs> this, <laughs> this morning I woke up. Oh my God. I woke up way too early this morning. Yesterday I went to sleep at 9 p.m. And I was just having like, I was just so tired. Mm-hmm. Like I was looking at the computer all day long. I need to go to bed. So 9, yeah. 9 p.m. went off to sleep. I woke up at 5 a.m. And miraculously, my you know, Leia, my assistant, she was actually online and her and I started talking about work and she, we were actually talking about some military stuff too. She was asking me a couple questions and so I was mm. just engaging with her and um, I woke up, I started working on a crown for like 15 minutes and then I stopped doing that and then I was like, you know, I'm going to play some guitar. So I played on my guitar and started pra- practicing some of that and I just fixed my cello so I stopped that and I, I kind of like was tuning my cello a bit like it takes a long time and I get bored so after that Leia came and we were working we we're going through things I was trying to find out how to update my website it's it's a pretty much that it's it's not in that order though it's sometimes I don't get on the computer at all and sometimes I just go outside and take photos it, it, it is just the point that like I think what works for me and I don't I'm gonna be so braggadocious right now but what works for me 
is that <laughs> I'm going to do anything, right? I'm, if it's creative, it's, if it sparks some joy, it's a way of expression, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But the thing about it is when, when I do it, <laughs> oh, my God, I have the Midas touch. Should I just say that? When I do it, it turns to gold. And that's probably because um, I put everything in me into it. I, I'm, I'm hurting myself. I'm using my hands or I'm, I'm reaching. I'm, going, I'm climbing up sides of buildings to get good shots. And I'm climbing up on fire escapes to get overhead views. Like I'm putting in the work. And it's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit of like this is going to be incredible. And so a lot of bit of, I have incredible people watching my stuff that know what they're talking about and give me pointers. And it's, it's, I don't know how it happens. I don't got a day to day. I don't got a schedule. <laughs> I go to sleep sometimes at 2am. Sometimes I sleep all day because I'm depressed, but I don't know. It's it just keep doing whatever every moment of the day. If you're not doing something to, to, to make yourself better or learn like what are you doing with your life like what are you doing you fucking this world, is, this world you fucking move this world is beautiful and you can make it even better with your expression are you kidding me mm -hmm. like what are you doing son like get out there get out there whatever <laughs> that's it though you yeah. know what i'm saying that's, that's it. it that's it that's it <laughs> You gotta do something. Everybody who's listening, do something. If you're not doing something right now as you're listening to this and you're just listening, you're not doing enough. Listen and do something. Use your hands. Go outside, pick a tree, sit on it, draw something. I don't care. Get a piece of paper and look at a corner of your wall that has a bunch of stuff in it and draw that just line by line. Never picking up your pencil and then just start from there. I don't dance, do something, record it, get some content out there. We need to progress, right? In art and culture. I think art and culture takes up so much of our of our of our progress. Mm -hmm. The reason why we progress of societies, you know, either whether it be on like some artistic level or political level or or health level, you need to be creative. You need to be innovative. You need to keep working. If you're not working what are you doing? Yeah, very well said. I want to ask you, one of these days, you're going to get lucky. You're going to be putting in so much work. And a very uh, wealthy person um, is going to see it and be like, oh, shit, this chick's got the Midas touch. And then, I hope. And then away you go, and then you forget about all of us fucking plebes over here. But um, what happens when, when you're operating at that, like, you know, millionaire level, you know, and you get to travel and you get to experience the vibes of, of Paris during the next pandemic, just kidding. And, uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, do you think, do you, do you think about like, do you put your head in the clouds? Like, do you, what, what, what do you think about like a destination or like, I want to climb this mountain. I want to do this. And I want to know what it feels like to <clears throat> get there. And like, do you think about that? No, no, I'm too busy. Really? I got things to do. Really? No, I got things to do out here. Like in New York, God, really? Where am I going? Where else am I going to go? Where? Yeah. Are you going to stay there? Are you going to stay there forever? I might. I'm not fucking leaving. That's for sure. Fuck yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't leave during the pandemic. Like, I'll just put it that way. If I'm comfortable to live here, and I'm comfortable know, to die here. And you know a lot of people who did. Oh, of course. Yeah. Like even even a close friend of mine, he was saying like, wow, my friends are leaving. Like the West side is completely, it's like just is it, full it, of is it, homeless you, people. Is, is it because they can't pay rent or is it because like, it's not cool anymore? Um, I don't know. I, okay. One sure people can't pay rent because you know, there's no jobs here really. I mean, now there are economies opening up, but at the time there's, few jobs another thing is people were mainly here because of work or school well work and school aren't options anymore think everything's closed so what are they doing here they got to go back to where they came from because they were here temporarily we're on contract right that's mm. and that's like thousands of people and people forget about that like new york city people live here yeah but mostly most of most people are transplants or they're here on contract mm -hmm. so and on an international level too, this isn't just America. So imagine like hundreds of thousands of people just great in great exodus going back to where they came from because the opportunity is no longer here. Um, if people stayed, like 
like myself, I'm I'm from Houston, right? And I decided to stay here after I had so many people hitting me up, telling me to go, to come home and leave, leave, leave. I'm like, nah, son, I'm not a sucker. So I'm staying and I got to do this work. Um, I have, and that's exactly what it is. Right now, I'm not leaving. I got to do this work. And there's too much going on here. The day I stopped saying, I can't believe I live in New York is the day I'll leave. And that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Man. Oh, you're a fucking inspiration. Uh, I'm going to play a clip and then uh, and then we're going to go ahead and go our separate ways. And I just want to thank you so much for for coming on the podcast. You're one of my favorite guests. I'm so happy (laughs) that the stupid end of the world um, got me in contact with you. It was almost worth it just for that. But you not leaving uh, New York City reminded me of this. So thanks so much for coming on. You know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Here it comes. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> okay, that's better. That's you, that's you yeah, my friend. That's the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> that's you. I love it. I love it. Shout out to Jr. for yeah getting us together, having us work with each other. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's it's always great talking to you, and I love yeah. the rabbit holes. Rabbit holes are great. All right, Vettel. Well, good luck with everything. Go crush it. And uh, I'm here if you need anything. And I'll see you. I'll see you down the road. All right. Same to you. Take care. Bye, everybody. Take care. Bye. Never ever believe anything you hear. And believe only half of what you see. And always, 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 forever and ever and ever, put a force field around your heart.